Welcome, everybody, to the Real Estate Success Strategies podcast. My name is Michael Tucker, and today we have a very special guest. Brent Bowers is with us. He is the land shark. This guy is crushing it whenever it comes to uh, real estate investing, but specifically land investing. So we're going to get into a very deep conversation today with Brent. Um, He's an investor and a coach with a focus on buying and selling vacant land. As an army officer with over eight years of service, Brent was spending a great deal of time away from his family, and he knew he needed to make some changes in order to be more present with his wife and children. So Brent began investing in real estate as a way to support his family while having more time to spend with them. In a short period of time, Brent was able to expand his business, hire a team, and most importantly, spend quality time with his family while still working hard and helping others. Brent now helps other investors learn the ins and outs of buying land. Brent, welcome to the show, man. How is it going? Really good. Thanks for having me, Michael, so much. Um, I'm really excited about this, and I'm so happy you reached out. I couldn't couldn't enjoy this part of my day more than... I mean, I love jumping on podcasts and talking with you guys, and you're an amazing podcast host, so what better could I be doing right now? Well, man, I, I love having guests like you, and just to give everybody a, a little perspective, I said, I have to bring this guy on. I've, I've been following Brent for about a year now, and I've seen his progress and all the projects he's doing. And I was like, nobody is teaching land investing like Brent is. Nobody, I I haven't seen one person that is as passionate about it and as knowledgeable, I feel like, in land investing as this dude right here. So I said, I gotta bring him on. So I reached out to him, he said, yeah, let's do it. And so today our conversation is gonna be centered around how you guys can look at land as investments. Cause most of you guys, you're just looking at houses, you're looking at apartments when some of the greatest assets are right under your nose, land, vacant land. So, um, dude, give us a little, I guess, background into who you are. I know you were an army officer, so thank you for your service, brother. Um, That means a lot. And uh, so give us a little background about what you were doing before real estate and what your life was like prior to this. Man, so there's so much and it's just, uh, you, you want to compact it in and, you know, you said passionate and knowledge. I think my passion trumps my knowledge sometimes, especially <laughs> for land investing. You know, I've done a little bit of everything as far as real estate. I, I bought my first house in 2007. Um, I, I always dreamed of being a real estate rock star one day. I mean, I just knew that real estate investors were, were just awesome, you know, and I wanted to be awesome one day, you know, I was that scared little kid. I was super shy to talk to people in school and, you know, got sent to school in like high water shorts. And this girl, I still remember her today, asked me in sixth grade, like, are you wearing your sister's shirts, shorts today? Um, you know, I'll never forget that. So I kind of maybe had a chip on my shoulder, uh, but I just knew that I wanted to be a real estate rock star. However, I see a lot of real estate rock stars you know, working tremendous amounts of hours, just doing the next deal, doing the next deal. And I knew that if I was going to be a real estate rock star, I had to be a little bit different in my approach. And it took me many, many years to get there. But I started in 2007 with that first house. I had just gotten my real estate license. I was broke as a joke. Well, not broke as a joke. Well, I guess I was. I actually had to borrow the thousand dollar earnest money deposit from a great grandma. Um, And she told me, I remember she was like, listen, if you don't pay me back, it's coming out of your inheritance. And I said, Ooh. don't worry, grandma, I'm going to pay you back. I'm actually, I just got my real estate license. 
and I'm actually going to get a commission when I buy this house. I'm going to make money to buy it. And that's, I'm going to pay you back as soon as we close. So I paid her back. I never saw that inheritance she was talking about. I think she was just tricking me into paying her back. Um, but no, she did me a solid. I rented that house out, learned the hard way with tenants. You know, you got to screen them, you screen them and screen them even more. Um, and then, you know, that was kind of my start to the journey. You know, fast forward to 2000. Well, Everyone knows what happened in 2008, 2009. I was getting my butt kicked on a daily basis, not selling any real estate, paying credit cards with credit cards. I just knew I needed to do something different. And that's where the army came into play. Um, Grandpa said, you know, I wish I would have retired from the Air Force because I could have went to school and they'd still be paying me this day. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the Air Force and go back to school because real estate sucks right now. <laughs> so I threw in the towel with real estate went to the arm or to the air force recruiter's office. And guess what? I wasn't, I mean, they, they weren't taking me. They were not going to take me. So they said, go next door to the army recruiter. They'll take anybody. So guess what? I'm coachable. What did I do? I went right next door and was in the army before I knew it. And a couple deployments to Afghanistan out of the country for about three years. So I really put my real estate investing on pause because now is the time to be buying all this stuff. Get back to the States in 2013 the ground running, starting renovating houses, getting rentals. And I was like, I had another problem. Like my credit cards are always maxed out. My Home Depot card, how do people buy all this, these properties and sit on them for years? So I started wholesaling houses to pay those credit cards off. And then it's time to move to Colorado and my wholesaling business is going okay, but I'm an army officer. I've got, I've, I'm, I'm so busy. I can't go meet with buyers and sellers I just knew there had to be a better way to do this system. And I was listening to all these podcasts. And I heard about these, these guys that they would buy this, this land at massive discounts at tax, tax auctions. And I was like, well, I can't go to the auctions because I've got to be on base for 12 and a half hours a day. So maybe I can reach out to the sellers that are behind on these taxes. So I mail these, I mail 687 tax delinquent pieces of land. My phone almost melted. I must have, I think I received a little over 87 phone calls from that one mailer, 687 letters, postcards, just random, just straight handwritten, simple postcard. I'd like to buy your land on this street. And I only got to call about 20 of those people back. Out of those 20, I did two deals that netted me over 4,500 each within like three weeks. So I haven't looked back since. Land has been my baby and it's, I've really enjoyed it. That's a really long intro. I apologize. No, <laughs> no, I love it, man. So I, I got several questions as we're going through this. How do you feel like your time in the military and your time in the, the U.S. Army has helped you in your real estate journey? I'm just really curious. You know what? I would say, you know, in, in the military, I was enlisted first and then I became an officer because I was like, well, I'd like to get that pay raise and I'm tired of saluting these guys and, you know, doing everything they tell me to do. So I became an officer and being becoming an army officer taught me that you know you never do anything as an army officer you basically just make sure it gets done you know a book that's been incredible in my life and i don't know if the listeners probably can't see it but it's called who not how written by dan sullivan and benjamin hardy dr benjamin hardy actually but it's become it's kind of really before i even knew what what it was it was a who not how for me i knew that i couldn't do very much with my business so when I was starting it in the military, when I was in the military, my goal was to hit $6,000 a month. 
to cover all my bills, to cover what I was being paid so I can get out of the military. I was tired of being away. So I had to hire people, set systems in place and build a team. It was the who, not how. So I would say that was probably the best thing the military taught me before this book even came out with, with Dan Sullivan and Dr. D uh, Benjamin Hardy was I was already doing who, not how. I just didn't realize that there was an awesome name behind it because I couldn't go meet buyers and sellers. I couldn't return all these phone calls. Hence, I only returned 20 of those. So I would say that was the biggest, the best thing that ever could have happened to me because it actually was turned into a business that served me, my family, and other people now because now we can bless the lives of others rather than me going from one job to the next. Mm, man, that's so powerful. Who, not how. Man, I, I already love this. This conversation is going to be so great. And we're just at the beginning. So <laughs> um, so you, you go there, you, you do these two land deals off of these mailers that you sent out. And for everybody listening, he just got this. Where'd you find your list from? Was it just a county website or did you buy it yeah. off something? I actually had to call the the county, I'm sorry, the county treasurer's office and ask like, hey, who's in charge of keeping track of all the back taxes for people that don't pay their taxes on their property? So I ended up getting in touch with the right person at the county treasurer's office. They sent me this literally scanned in PDF version. I could barely read of all these schedules numbers, uh, schedule numbers is what they were called, which is basically the assessor's partial number APNs. I had no clue what to do with it. So I just started thumbing around on the internet, figured out like I could plug this number into the assessor site, the county assessor site, and it gives me the owner, the mailing address, the property address. Then I hired a VA, a virtual assistant for $3 an hour in India. She's still with me today. She's actually That's working awesome. on her PhD. This was in 2015, into 2015 or 16 ish that she's still with me today. Long story short, she charged me like $3 an hour to, to put all this stuff into a spreadsheet for me. Man, that's powerful. Who, not how, again. So you get these, you send <laughs> yeah. these mailers out, yep. you send these mailers out and, you know, you get these two deals and you, you had this light bulb moment of, okay, this is, this is something I can do. One, I want to know what were your exit strategies with those two? Did you wholesale that land or did you take it down yourself, resell it? What'd that kind of look like with those first two deals? Oh, so glad you asked because the first two deals, I was scared. I was scared, man. I'm sure none of your listeners have ever been scared to do a real estate deal. By the way, I'm supposed to do it. I'm supposed to put a hundred thousand dollar earnest money deposit on a, on a big development deal today. I still get scared. Wow. <laughs> the numbers just got bigger though. So, but it's the, the, you know, happiness is on the other side of discomfort. And most people, what stops them in the tracks is getting that scanned in version of that PDF. They wouldn't know what the heck to do with it. And they would just left it and never done anything with it. Thank God I did. I just, you know, the passion outran the knowledge. Once again, we know enough to get us through today and we'll figure out tomorrow what we got to learn to get us through tomorrow. But how did those deals look? So the first one that I, I struck the deal with was actually a retired CPA, certified public accountant. He had traded tax work for this land like many, many years ago. Basically, we agreed upon $285. Yeah, you heard me right. $285 for a piece of land that overlooks the Pike National Forest. And I was like, man, I don't know what to do with this land. So me and my wife and my brand new baby um, that we had just had, did a little hour and a half drive on Saturday, went and looked at it, found out it's not buildable. And I think the seller actually told me it was not buildable and had no clue what it was worth. So 
we sit there for a few minutes and like this, this land's beautiful, but I don't know what to do with it. So we drive down the hill and we see a real estate office. It was like, God just planted that real estate office there for me, literally. So I call and guess what? There's an agent there on Saturday and she takes the call and I was like, Hey, I've got this piece of land I'm going to buy. I have no clue what to do with it. What is a 30 day blowout price of this? If you put it on the MLS, like what could we sell it for? She goes, I don't know about a 30 day blowout, but you could probably sell it for 45,000 on the, I'm sorry, for 10,000 on the MLS in about 45 days. And I'm like $285 for 10,000. That's a great deal. So I was like, awesome. Thanks so much for your help. Let me call you back. And I talked to my wife and my phone starts ringing again, like literally a couple minutes later, same sweet, kind realtor. She goes, Hey, Brent, do you mind if I buy the land from you? And I was like, why would I mind? Heck yeah, let's do it. What, what are you offering? She goes, $5,000. I was like, okay, when do you want to close? She said, I can close on Wednesday. So I'm like, you know, like four days, Wednesday, it's Saturday, right? She goes, yeah, Wednesday I'll close. I was like, okay, me being the great negotiator I am. I said, send me the contract. Let's do it. Um, so she sent the contract. I called the seller and I was like, Hey, can we meet on Tuesday? I'll pay you then $285. I didn't want to lock my money up that long. Um, you know, I didn't really have that money. Just yeah, that's so long, right? <laughs> that was, I was literally spending grocery money by the way, you know? So I had, I paid him on a Tuesday. He gave me the quit claim deed and I drove it down to the title company, had my $5,000 check on a Wednesday. That was it. That was the first deal. The second one was about similar. I went and paid this lady, sat on this, this her husband was a stockbroker. He bought this land um, like many, many years ago as well. And I remember the woman, we're sitting on her front porch and her front porch is literally bigger than my entire house put together. And she goes, I don't know what you want with this godforsaken land. We're sitting in Denver, Colorado. I was like, I don't know either. It was four acres, not buildable. You can't even access the land because you're trespassing against state park. So I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And of course, I walked across the state park and took pictures of it. Um, long story short, I put it on Craigslist that night and had a buyer the next day that paid me $500 down. And he's going to pay me a total of $5,000. And the payment's going to be $400 a month. And I only paid $500 for the land. So I had my money back the next day. And then I was immediately profitable and I got, this guy gave me cash every month, which I no longer do cash. I have that money come straight into my bank account now because you got to think about it. Like we're passive income. We want time freedom. I want to be a real estate rock star, but not have to work so much. So that's kind of what we set up. We, I just do those rinse and repeat all the time. We built a buying machine and a selling machine. And now my team does the whole entire process. Man, I love it. So powerful. And if you guys are listening to this or watching on YouTube later on, just make sure you're taking notes because this is so powerful. You guys can tap into land and you didn't even know it. And I was, I was talking to one of my friends the other day and I was like, Hey man, like why is everybody want to get in apartments when they can make the same passive income with land? Like, why don't, why don't they venture out? And, and you know, he was giving me all, Oh, I'd rather have apartments. This is this. And I was like, for time, you know, land, land, you can't get any better. So like, you know, I, I love your system and your thought process behind it. Because if you realize Brent's constantly thinking, hey, how can I be as hands off as possible and still make the most money possible? Um, so dude, this is a, the mindset that you need to take up as a real estate investor or as an entrepreneur, business owner, whatever you're doing right now. 
Um, so I love it, man. So kind of let's fast forward and let's go where, what happened after that deal? I'm sure you probably didn't go out there and do a hundred, 200 deals within that first year, but kind of, how did you expedite, um, from where you were to where you are now? Yeah, I just kept stumbling my way forward and it's turned into about a hundred notes and it, it pays, you know, plenty of money per month as far as passive income it comes to our into our account each month. We've now put systems into place. Um, and you know, I I also had some struggles. I, I I got a little cocky about it. I got a little arrogant because I was like, well, I can make money on any piece of land I ever touch. And I just started buying this land. I was paying like 10% of the the market value per the county. And I didn't really have the best system. Um, so I kind of had to fail forward. And, you know, I started, I accidentally bought like a crater in the ground and another one was a treasurer's deed. Another one had a $157,000 IRS tax lien on it. So I started finding these little things and making mistakes like, you know, check out Google earth, make sure you're not buying a junkyard like I bought. Um, now I am proud to say, haven't lost money on one of those deals. We've sold them all and they've all been profitable. One was a profit of a dollar, you know, that, that crater in the ground, that $157,000 IRS tax lien, you know, that one, thank God I never recorded that deed because I had sold that one. I was going to do it. I had sold before I even purchased it. I only had like $358 into it. It was the last available lot in that trailer park. It was a trailer park in Fountain, Colorado. And basically it went to closing and I had sold it for 16 grand. So I'm, I'm trading $300, 385 total for 16 grand. And they're like, well, there's $157,000 IRS tax lien on it. And I was like, well, don't record it in my name. And I was just like, so crushed, man. <clears throat> but a year went by and I started hiring coaches and I was talking to everyone and paying people for mentorship with, with land. And one of my coaches was like, you know, his name is Scott Todd, by the way, I'll give him credit. Um, such a blessing to my life, this guy. And he said, you know, those things kind of sometimes fall off. So I went to another title company and asked him, hey, can you get this in my name? And by the way, there's $157,000 IRS tax lien. Can we get rid of that too? <laughs> so lo and behold, they worked through it and fixed all of it. I got this piece of land in my name. I now have like $1,385 into it because I paid the title company to fix everything. Oh, and there were some liens. Um, I actually had to pay like a couple thousand in liens. So I had like maybe 3,000 into it. Well, this time I sold it for 35,000 a year later. So it was such a blessing a year later. And they put five grand down. I only had 3,500 into it. So I'm profitable immediately. And to this day, these people are still paying me $547 a month for this piece of land. And what's so cool is we are not, see, at the end of the day, land is just the the commodity. We don't care what type of real estate it is. Honestly, I don't even care about real estate. It's just about setting a, a business up that serves my family and me and eventually gives us enough money to help others. But we ended up wholesaling the, the mobile home next door, the exact lot next door for 35K net profit for that assignment fee. So it's just, you know, I'll do houses too. <laughs> so land Man, I love it though. Dream. Yeah. So you keep talking about your team. What's your team look like? Because I mean, obviously, I, I guess before we go into your team, we need probably to talk about the systems behind the team. But let's just jump right on into that. Like what's what's your team look like? so that you can go out there and travel if you want to spend more time with your family. What's that look like on your side? 
Yeah. And that's awesome. You asked that because my team, we, we share goals, you know, and at the end of the day, that if, if you focus on your team's goals, you're going to, your dreams are going to come true too. So we have a, we have a benchmark when we hit that per month passive. Now that's, that's land payments coming in. When we hit that per month, we're all, we're probably going to close the company down for a month and just everyone's going to go on vacation because at the end of the day, we're going to be paid for the next five, seven years on our land deals. So why, why do we keep working? Like when's enough enough type thing, but what does my team look like? My first hire was, was Jen. She's an acquisition manager. Uh, she's my acquisition manager, my right hand woman with my, with my team, my company. Uh, she was a first hire. And this is back in 2016 because I couldn't go see buyers and sellers. I couldn't talk on the phone all day. So Jen came in and started helping me with this. And then, you know, we've had some virtual assistants along the way and a couple of them have stayed with us. So we have a couple, we have two amazing virtual assistants in the Philippines, Ian and Migs, and they help with all of our like, you know, website and technology and running our CRM. And I, and she posts all the land on all of our websites and she does all the due diligence and like tells you how far away it is from, you know, Colorado Springs or where the stores are at or what the, you know, all these things that buyers want to know. Um, and then we have our office manager, we call her our office manager. She really is our, more our, our relationship specialist. She talks to all of our sellers um, she was actually the one that was calling people when they get behind on their notes, but we've now hired another person for that, but we didn't start there. You know, we start, I started with one person I started with me and then it just kept growing and growing and growing. Um, now we're trying to figure out how to replace Jen because she's working on development projects. Now, you know, <laughs> she's doing $30 million deals rather than, you know, the $30,000 ones. So it's just, it's just been such an evolution. Um, and it took a while to get there, but you know, we're always, we're always growing. Man. That's kind of what my team looks like right now. No, I love it. It's cool. Cause it's just, it's cool to hear this from you yourself because it's like your, your passion comes out even more when you're talking about your team. Like you could tell like, this is, they're a big factor behind what you're doing. Oh, I couldn't do it without them. Couldn't do it without them. I'm obviously yeah. not the smartest guy on the team. I, I'm not a genius maker. I just find geniuses. <laughs> oh, there you, you guys need to be taking notes on that. Say I, it again. Say that one more time. I took that from Chris Arnold. He is, uh, he runs REI radio where I'm a wholesaling coach. I'm their land coach. Chris Arnold was as their uh, radio coach, but he, I heard him say this one day. So I was like, that's mine. Now I don't create geniuses. I find geniuses. Mm, powerful, man. I love it. I love it, dude. So let's talk a little bit about this. Let's go through and give the our audience a little glance over what happens or how you find these deals. What happens, you know, if they're potential deal process? Because there's some people that are 